Oh, so, okay. first, first question is from Sevanidhi. Thank you, Maharaj. Pranams. Haribo. Good to see you. Haribo. So, I'm here. Yeah. It's like a Kalpavriksha. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm here mystified by your answer there on the, on the uh, forum <clears throat> about the the Brahmanis and their relationship with Krishna. And I'm, I'm wondering, is there another instance with, where Raja Krishna has uh, interactions with sadhakas? Could you explain? So the question is about the uh, wives of the Brahmins of Mathura who Krishna visited um, being on the outskirts of Raj near near Mathura and being hungry, uh, he sent his friends to ask the Brahmins who were performing a sacrifice to uh, give the offering, something for an offering, of course. And they refused. And then he asked, he told the boys to ask the wives who came. And the wives had Madhurya Bhav for Krishna. But they were Brahmins. And he's a Vaishya. And they're from Matura. And he's from the rural area. And so they wanted to join him. And they volunteered to move to Brudge and live in the forest. Even. To have his ongoing association. But he said, no, no. You return home and so forth. And um, so internally they attained Sarup's as as uh, gopis from the Vaisha class and and um and then arguably from there uh upon uh leaving the world they either entered another Prakat Leela or they entered the uh Prakat Leela. These um are stories from the Bhagavatam, which precede, of course, the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition and its ways of talking about what is required for its sadhakas and so forth. So you have to look at uh, those statements of the Goswamis and our Acharyas in light of who they're talking to. There may be other avenues and ways. Uh, I'm talking about the idea of take birth in the Prakat Leela and then from there uh, you take, you, you enter the Aprakat Leela when that, when that Prakat Leela becomes unmanifest and so forth. So that's, uh, the way we've been taught as sadhikas. There's a certain emphasis there. Um, but, um, um, we see from, um, Brihad Bhagavatamrita that there are exceptions. But at any rate, the story of the Brahmanis obviously predates um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the form of formation of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. But based on the way we, we, we are, we are taught as sadhakas, we could, we could argue that, that they had to take birth in the, in the Prakat Leela as gopis and then attain the Aprakat Leela. But they could have gone direct to the Aprakat Leela, my estimation. But your question is a little different. Your question is, is because these are, were sadhakas, is there any other instance in the Prakat Leela 
where um, Krishna's meeting with sadhakas, right? And of course, there there is there there are so many examples, um, and probably the most glaring uh, example that stands out is the uh, that of the gopis <clears throat> who could not meet with him uh, when he first invited the, um, the milk maidens to join him for for rasa for the rasa dance rasa lila in the middle of the night um, were checked by their husbands. These are thought to be the Parnasanified Upanishad, sages of Dandakaranya, who came as groups. They were sadhakas practicing together and they uh, entered the Prakat Leela. And there, in this instance, they were checked from meeting with Krishna by their by their husbands and that separation that resulted from that, which is very intense, as you can imagine, having gotten that far, uh, it was um, uh, instrumental in their development of their staibav that then qualified them to um, go the distance and um, fulfill their um, or complete their development to qualify them for um, meeting directly with Krishna and entering the Aprakat Lila. Later on in the Bhagavatam, I think in chapter 47 um, of the 10th canto, it's mentioned there that there, the, that time those gopis appeared there again and they met with Krishna. Um, there's a there's an idea, a surface idea that they died in separation, but uh, all our charities said that wouldn't have worked. That would have ruined the whole night if some gopis had died. So they died to their whatever was left in them that um, was remained an obstacle for their meeting directly with Krishna. We, we look at it more really than 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 an obstacle being removed, more like a further development um, um, in process. Krishna Chakravartakura has instructed us that these developments of the Stai Bhav um, from Prem um, onward, such as Sneha, Man, Pranay, Rag, and Rag, Mahabhav, um, these are all in the category of Stai Bhav, and they're relative to the Braj Stai Bhavs. And um, um, whether you're in Dasiras or Sakiras or Batsaliras or Maduriras, the combination of these, some of these will be included, some of them won't. The, the way in which they develop will be different and so forth. But that uh, development for sadhakas, um, he has said in his commentary in Ujbal Nimani, Practically speaking, it's for all intents and purposes, it's, it's practically impossible to develop these without having, it's, it's practically impossible to talk about them, explain them. Examples are given, but there's not much you could say about it. Hmm? Uh, examples of what it is, what, it, what is rag, what is anurag, what is uh, mahabhav and the divisions of it. So, so examples are given. 
but there's not much that can be said. So what to speak of then um, experienced without uh, direct association with those who have that development. I've given the example before of the uh, sports world. I don't know how it works in other countries, but in the United States, they have for the various professional sports, they have a college draft. So the best co- students in college in the football or the basketball, whatever it is, they get uh, drafted by the professional teams where everybody's the best because they're all the best from you know the best of the college teams. Not everybody who plays in the college league becomes a professional, but the best of them get drafted. But when they get drafted, then they realize that the game, the professional game moves a lot faster because everyone there is the, is the best hmm? than faster than the college game. And so it takes some time for them to adapt to that. And they have to just kind of get out there, get thrown in and be associated with the situation. And then they can develop it sufficiently to actually play, play the game hmm? uh, professionally. So it's something like that. The need uh, to have the association of the, of the examples that we follow in Ragmarg, you know, the Soda, Nanda, Subhal, Sridham, Lalita, Vishaka, and so forth, um, relative to the different uh, process in their association serving, then there's um, possibility of developing an intensity um, to our, um, uh, our, uh, Bob, our study Bob, that fully qualifies us to participate in all ways um, in the ideal that we've been pursuing. So, again, the sages of Dandakaranya, uh, they are sadhakas. Um, the uh, Prasanna Pagupanishads, they entered into Gopi Bhav, and, and they're the ones that were held back. Um, Yupa Goswami uh, gives an example um, of Sambandhanuga bhakti. Sambandhanuga bhakti means the type of raga bhakti to which you contain dasya, sakya, or matsalya in um, uh, Krishna Leela. And um, he gives an example of, I think, a carpenter or something who had um, uh, taken a deity and made the deity his son. Mm-hmm. And worshipped him like that, and um, and then I believe in the commentary of Jiva Goswami says, and he entered during the Brahma Vimohan Leela. And the, the Brahma Vimohan Leela is a Leela that's that's particularly um, uh, pertains to Sakya Rasa, but also to Vatsalya Rasa, because during the Brahma Vimohan Leela, Krishna becomes the calves, Krishna becomes the coward boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the mothers then of the boys get to serve Krishna. He looks like their son and their love for him has increased. And it's interesting because their love for their son has increased to such a measure that it startles Balaram, right? Um, and, but even, even while that's so, that their love for their sons has increased and, and nobody can understand why but Balram couldn't figure it out. It took time for him to understand. Um, but interestingly, um, while they loved their sons more 
than they their actual sons because Krishna was there in the form of their sons. They still loved Krishna more than Krishna as their sons <laughs> because because Krishna's beauty is, is is unique, even though their their sons look like him in many respects and dress like him in many respects equals. Still, he's the best amongst amongst equals, if you will. So they even they loved Krishna more. <laughs> so this is very astonishing of um, Leela and the extent to which we call it the Brahma Milohan Leela. We call it, we could call it the Ram Milohan Leela because Balaram Ram himself was bewildered by it. He didn't participate directly in it. But he saw the effects of it when he saw the coward men charging down uh, Govardhan Hill, chasing the cows who were running after the calves. And they, they ran down Govardhan Hill at a, at a pace that was incredible. Both the cows, um, as if they, as if, uh, well, anyway, very fast, hightailing it, as they say, with their tails up in the air as cows put it when they run. And the coward men running down after them, angry at the cows. But when they arrived and they saw the boys, then they lost all their their, their anger at the cows and and were so enamored by the boys who were, of course, um, Krishna in the form of the boys. And, and this is what Ram, Balaram saw. And he thought, something's going on here that's very peculiar. Why? why how did this work? Um, so he, he gradually realized um, that it was, uh, this is an example of Balaram experiencing Dasyaras. He realizes it's Krishna's power, and then he pays respect to Krishna in his prayers. So, um, anyway, um, this Leela is thought to be a point in the Prakat Leela where there's an example of someone entering into the into a Krishna Leela as a in Vatsali Rasa, and during the Brahma Vimohan Leela, their their Stayibhav reaches its full measure of perfection. Just like during the Madhurya Leela, then uh, the, 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 the sages of Dandakaranya were checked and that separation caused. So it'd be nice to find an example of this in Sakura, so I'll have to look for that. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the Prakat Leela is overall, that's what it is. It's an instance in which the eternal associates, Krishna's eternal associates are meeting with sadhakas. That, that, that's why Krishna comes to the world. He comes to the world, paritranaya sadunam vinashaya traduskritam, dharma samstapanarta sambhavami yuge yuge. It said amongst those three reasons to establish dharma, to deal with the miscreants and to protect the devotees, the primary reason is to, is to protect the devotees. Hmm? And secondarily, to establish dharma and do away with the miscreant. But what kind of protection do devotees need? They need, they need to be protected from the um the, the pangs of separation that they're experiencing because we enter into union through separation mm-hmm. um we see this in shashastakam how we entered into prem through yugaitam the mission of chakshusha pravishaitam shunyaitam the vatsarvam govinda virahiname through separation he entered into union. Asli Shiva Padaritam Banashtam Madarshana Marmatam Kurtavatapitahatmatpranapasvidanapara. So two verses about Prem. One Prem in separation, one in union. And there's a succession there. The whole the, the Prakat Leela is characterized in an overarching sense 
by separation. And the apricot leader is characterized in an overarching sense by union. Because in the Prakat Leela, Krishna appears to leave Vrindavan and Dwarka for many years. So this causes the most extreme form of uh, separation, which culminates in the most extreme form of union. Uh, for each form of, uh, or, form or expression of separation, there's a corresponding union. Um, Whereas in Aprakat Lila, Krishna is not disappearing from, from Braj, going to Dwarka. Those Dwarka Lila, those mature Lila are going on simultaneously. And there's Mataresh Krishna, Dwarkesh Krishna are there for those Lila's while Vrindavan Krishna is in Vrindavan. So, um, uh, it's, it's for the inhabitants of Vrindavan, it's the Prakat Lila is not characterized. The Aprakat Lila is not characterized by separation, but by union. The union of the Aprakat Lila Excuse me, the union of the Prakatli that corresponds with the extreme measure of separation brought about by his being at a distance and for a long period of time, that union that corresponds with that when Krishna returns to Vrindavan after killing Dantarvakra in Mathura, that carries them into the Aprakat Lila, which is then characterized by that, by that union. Hmm? So the Prakat Lila is all about meeting with sadhakas. Their, their sadhana has reached a point of love and separation that is in such a measure that Krishna cannot bear their separation any longer. As we know, Krishna hears the prayers of his Raganuga sadhakas, despite the fact that he's absorbed in not being God. If you will, in being the friend of Sridham, in being the, the lover of Radha and the son of Yashoda and, and so on and so forth. But his omniscience isn't gone. It's suppressed, but it hears the prayers of the Raghunagasada. It feels register separation in the extreme. And when they've attained Surup City, registers with his omniscience and, and so the Prakatlila takes place for them. He's coming for them you know, to protect them from the pangs of separation, to nourish them. So it's all about Krishna meeting with sadhakas. Now, the, the case of the Brahmanis is, is unique because he's meeting them, but but they're not, and they want Gopi Bhav, but they're not in Gopi Dehas. They haven't got Gopi Bhavis because they're in Mathura. That's peculiar, right? Most of the devotees in Mathura we will have a corresponding love with Krishna who appears in Mathura um, with greater majesty in the sense of Aishvarya than he does in Braj, overtly speaking. But here's a case where there are residents of Mathura in the Prakat Leela who had, they heard about Krishna. All the residents heard about Krishna in different ways. But these uh, Brahmanis they would hear from the flower uh, uh garland makers would get the flowers from the rural area from Braj and so forth and other types of things in trade what would come from the village they would have exchange meeting with gopis and so forth so they would they would um hear about the the the, 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 the they would hear secrets right that everybody in mature wouldn't hear about the love of krishna with the gopis and so forth so they, to this uh, nourish their own um, 
ideal and so forth. But the, but then they had to take, arguably, they had to take birth as Vaishyas. <laughs> That's a peculiar incident in the Torah. So, yes, there are other sadhakas. Haribo. Haribo, Haribo. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes. Okay, so the next question is from Gayatri. She didn't get to ask her question last week, so she's asking it now. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me, Gomez? I can. Wonderful. Um, so I um, I keep hearing that like Guru and Krishna speaks to us through Shastra. But I'm just curious because the mind is very fickle. So how can we trust that Krishna or Guru is speaking to us and it's not that we're just finding what we're looking for, that we're finding things to back up the things that we want to be true or, yeah, that's my question. Well, I don't know. I think it would be more, rather than say that the Shastra, the Guru speaks to us through Shastra, I think we would say that the Shastra speaks to us through Guru. I think that would be a more accurate way of talking about it. Pujapachita Marsh used to refer to the Shastra, the scripture, as a passive agent of divinity because the Shastra can't ask us, so do you understand? Hmm? But the Guru, by contrast, is an active agent of divinity, you can say. So did you understand? You can say yes, and you go, well, what? I'm here. Hmm? Did you understand? No, yeah. that's wrong. It's a, no. <laughs> uh, so, so, so I think that the Shastra speaks to us through the Guru. Who's going to, who's going to explain the Shastra according to time and circumstance and in ways that are relative to a particular sadhak at a particular stage of her advancement, the way it will be answered and so forth. So there's two types of Bhagavatas, which uh, through whom, um, uh, being in contact with, we can develop the Brajarasa. And this is explained by Krishna's Kabiraj Goswami in his commentary on his second Namaskar verse of Chaitanya Charitamrita. One day Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Gododai Pushpabanto Chitro Samdo Tamonudo. Tamonudo. They remove the darkness of ignorance, which is the desire for dar- Dharma. That's ignorance. The desire for Kama. That's ignorance. The desire for Artha. That's these desires, um, they, they keep us in bondage to our mark to come. And even the desire for moksha. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does away with that. Uh, some do, and, and it gives the, gives the brain. And he says about giving brain, the way that uh, these two, Gaur Nityananda, the deities of this book, Chaitanya Sarakamati, give brain is through two Bhagavatas. The Grantaraj book, Srimad Bhagavatam, and the person Bhagavatam. So you, you can't have one without the other. You need both, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so, and really, as I say, it's, it would be more accurate to say that the scripture speaks to us through the Guru who explains the, 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 the Shastra. The purport, the commentary, some people think, well, I just want to read the words of Krishna himself in the Gita. Probably will chuckle and say the purport's more important than Krishna's words. The devotee is more important than Krishna. Well, how can you say that? Because Krishna says that. <laughs> Krishna feels that. The devotees are more important than me. Now, 
me as a devotee, you want to feel I'm more important than Krishna, but I'll feel that you're more important. Other devotees are more important. Krishna has said that. I'm not a devotee, so I won't think that about myself, but about other devotees. Then, yeah, even if they're just dressed like a devotee, I'll think, must think. Uh, but I might get, get close and find out, mm, well, it's the problem, and then I have to keep a little distance. But, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so this is Vaishnavism. So it's really the worship of the Vaishnavas. Krishna worships the Vaishnavas. So the guru um, is um, uh, is more important in the scripture in one sense, but at the same time, his or her own validity, uh, um, standing, um, and so forth, it's all you know spoken about in the scripture. So we find out what the guru is from the scripture. And uh, then we, uh, once we find our guru, then, then we understand the scripture um, through the guru, who is going to represent the scripture, is going to cite the scripture in, uh, you know, in his, his or her answers to our questions um, and so forth. So, yes, and faith is faith in the scripture. That's true. Um, Shastriya Shraddha. But Bhakti Vinod gives another point. Uh, it takes it a step further, he says, but to take it further, faith is, if we want to understand faith, it's synonymous with Sharanagati, which means putting those teachings into practice hmm? and surrendering. That's what faith is. Anyway, that's a little off topic, but, um, re- but related. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we have books, books have been published, books are to be read, studied, explanations. Um, verses are there. Whole books are written to, you know, explain certain verses and, and so on. So, like my, for example, uh, sacred prefaces, you know, explaining the, the verses that constitute the Mangalacharan of Chaitanya Charitamrita. So, um, so, excuse me, there's, there's much to be learned. There. Let's take the Bhagavatam as our main book, but we've got so many books from our Acharyas. From the Bhagavatam, explaining the Bhagavatam from different angles and so forth and so on. And they're arguably more important because they give us more access to understanding what we, from the text which we couldn't understand on our own. And so it goes. Um, and here I'm speaking about the person gurus writing books. Sometimes we refer to the Goswamis, the founding ajars, as our Shastra gurus. They've written books which we call Shastra. Now, the Ramanujas won't consider the Chaitanya Charitamrita Shastra for them, but the, we'll consider it for us to be so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the same principle, then we come to our own personal guru in our lives, and he or she is, um, is uh, the, uh, they are who we learn the, the scripture through. So, um, yeah. Um, you can ask questions. That's why we have these sessions. So you could say, I was thinking this, but was it really saying here? You know, is this is what I wanted to say for me or, I mean, there's a lot to the books that are talking at different times for different purposes. The road is at different levels. It's easy to take, to get off course reading the book and, and, not understand what it's really about, what its main emphasis is, and so forth. So, well, we need good instruction for that. 
So the guru, senior Vaishnavas, um, but ultimately, yes, our, our, our guru is the person to express any questions that we have from reading, whether I'm understanding it properly, whether I'm just giving over, oh, unnecessary emphasis to this because it caters to my own material conditioning. And it's kind of how you're asking, is that the case? Well, then we can ask, we can raise the question. And we can get a clear answer, but you got to be ready for the answer because it could be no, that's wrong. Yes, you're just catering to your conditioning, and that may be a hard pill to swallow. But Sajna Bhakti, Pujapachudamarsh used to call it a kind of a do or die, you know, type of a stage, if you will, up to an art and a vritti before Nishta. Yeah, it's a there's some heavy lifting there, you've got to let go of, 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 of so many weights. That we're carrying down. You think I've got a bag full of gold and I've got to cross the river and it's raging. What to do? Well, here we go. I'll swim with. But if we get halfway through and you realize I'm with this, I'm not making it with this gold. Then what's more valuable? Crossing to the other side, broke on the other side, or taking the gold with you? And when you understand the other side, in this analogy, be a Christian local, you find everything that's on this side we're holding on to is counterfeit. It has no purchasing power. It's taking us down only, taking us down. So lighten your burden, get to the other side, and everything is paid for there. It's a total welfare state, total welfare state. One leader, and he is a, a despot, an autocrat, a benevolent autocrat, perfect system. Everybody's taken care of. So, does that help? Yeah. I'm just, I mean, it's obviously easier said than done to just like go off all the burdens that are weighing us down. So, what, what should we do? We just, just chant and, and that's like, Pardon I don't me? Know, well, cause there's been a lot of classes lately that I've heard people talking about spiritual bypassing. And I'm just thinking about what you're saying about letting go of our burden. It's a choice that we have. Um, what do you mean by spiritual bypassing? Well, because I feel like a lot of us, or myself included, have got a lot of, like you say, baggage that uh-huh. is affecting my way of thinking and feeling and acting. And... Uh-huh. How, because it's one thing hearing that we can let go of that. It's one thing having an experience, realizing it's only emotions. It's not me, but it just feels like there's such a long way to go from, from being in that space of, okay, this is not me, but actually realizing that it's not me. Well, um, in one sense, there is a long way to go. Yeah. In other sense, there's not. I mean, how, well, it depends how you look at it. You look at it from, you know, anadi karma, time without a beginning, and a few short lifetimes, there's nothing. But when we're, you know, like, if I sit here and out my window, I see a jet plane, I can see this moving pretty fast. If I'm in the jet plane, I'm going, hmm, what's going on? When are we going to get there? It seems to be going slow. What time is it? You know, right? So it depends from your vantage point. When you're looking at it very closely, 
and not able to step back, which scripture tries to help us do, then it looks like it's taking taking a long time. If we can step back and see that we're, first of all, where we're going, which is, it doesn't matter how long it takes. So, 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 so rich is the uh, ideal, so rewarding, um, so right. Um, but, um, but uh, even then, it's a short time in, in you know, in, in a broader sense of how long we've been conditioned. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. And there is going to be some disconnect between the statements that we should let go and our inability to do so at a particular stage. So we need to not dismiss the ideas, the, the facts that things need to be let go and understand that I'm not able to let them go at this point. But um, apply myself nonetheless effectively in terms of the stage of where I'm at so that something is let go. You must be able to let go something. <laughs> <laughs> not everything can hit out all your pockets, but something, right? And so, yep, you, 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 I'm in the process of doing that. I'm in the process of un, of un, unloading here. Hmm? And so, it's not something to be to create a you know, uh, to become neurotic about, hmm? frozen and discouraged and so forth. But it's not something just to say, okay, well, you know, when that happens, it'll happen. And I'm just going to carry on here and. Um, and, and and forget those lessons. Those lessons should be prominent. It's difficult. I think it's difficult for Western people who are like re- ready to buy anything on a credit card and have it now. Indian people, at least in times gone by, you could talk to them all day long about renunciation. They'd like it and they'd never become neurotic about it. But but Western people become neurotic. I should do that. There, there's a value in that. I should do that. Narad says, there's, a, there's an advantage to that. You know the story of Nard. I think I told us the other day that he had a hundred sons of Daksha. Daksha wanted them to be trained up, so he sent them to, to spiritual values, so he sent them to Nard, and Nard convinced them all to, to become brahmacharis. And so Daksha was pretty upset. He thought it was pretty, like, you know, extreme and, and out of balance. And all of them, all hundred of them. But anyway, he thought, and I, and I wanted to offend a sage, so he got a hundred more sons and gave them to Narada. And then Narada turned them all into brahmacharis. And then he flipped out at that point. He cursed Narada Muni, um, which was his own, you know, unwinding, unraveling uh, as well, and turned out to be a virtue for Narada because he couldn't stay in any place more than more than three days, I think, for he was traveling. Anyway, so um, Narada says in Bhagavatam, you know, relative to what he did here, which is a story that comes later in the Bhagavatam, that one should try for bhakti, and even if one uh, is uh, out of immaturity, uh, can't go the distance immediately uh, and falls down, he's not going to fall from bhakti, but he, but he may fall from his ideal of, I, I wanted to do this much, and go this far, and he said, there's no loss, because however far you've gone, that's how far you've gone. And, and even if you fall away from that for some time, you haven't lost progress in bhakti. Whatever progress is gained in bhakti is eternal. It may be covered over by our some scars, and then they get in the way 
of us going making progress. So he encourages us to, to push forward and not worry about that. Um, so that that kind of statement, we we should uh, you know, keep keep that in mind. And at the same time, well, um, um, like I was saying, give the example of Indian families, they could they could hear this and they could yes 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 yes, but they never stopped to think I should give up my son or anything like that. They did they. they they they, they they look at it as like, yeah, that's a long term. And yes, we agree that that's that. We know this. Yes, yes, we're very good to hear this. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't register that I should do this now. Whereas we are converts. We hear it. We, we, we're compelled by the essential idea, which we should do this now. And we do. And our parents think we're crazy. Like you said about your father the other, uh, a few weeks back, thought you were crazy. And and, and uh, the public will and, 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 and others and so on and so forth. <clears throat> and we have to pray to God, save us from our friends. Um, and so there's there's an advantage to both sides because the Indians will like not get neurotic about it hmm, and take it in stride, so to speak. But the, but they won't be you know uh, oftentimes quick quick starters. <laughs> And, and so it would be very gradual. And I was say we'll take it all. I want it, want it immediately and be quick starters, but then we'll get neurotic about it and we'll have problems with it. Running the, so there's, but there's advantages on both, on both sides. But anyway, aside from that, like I say, there must be something you can take out of your pocket and, and lighten your load. And you have to look at it like that. You have to keep that teaching in focus. And then when you realize at the same time, Whew, that's a lot. I can't give up all of that. That would make me too distressed to even practice. So let me give up something. Hmm? Something. Lighten my load in some way. And then we mature. And as we mature, then that which we could never give up before will become easy to give up later on. But something should be given up. Hmm? Our independence has to be given up ultimately. That's another thing. We don't have to give up anything. We only have to give up our independence. Hmm? But that's a lot. <laughs> we have to give up our independence. So that's what bhakti is all about, following. Anuga, hmm? anugatya, to follow. Uh, that um, we want our own, to chart our own independent course. And that's the whole problem that we're experiencing. Hmm? So to follow our guru. Hmm? Have Guru Nishta. This is this is what uh, is uh, uh, should 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 be emphasized. I'm a follower. I don't have an independent life. I'm a follower. I'm a follower. That should be cultivated. Dependence. This is also the central focus of Sharanagati. Go put I'm not an independent agent. I have my guru, I've been initiated. This is who I am. I'm, I'm a servant of my guru. That's my identity. So I'm going to check in with him or her on everything and so forth. Um, so that's at the core. I mean, we can keep anything. You're going to have a family like Bhagavad Gita, 10, 10, 12 children. It's not a distraction if he, if he, if he has that kind of guru initiative, which of course he did, obviously, and see what he did. So it's not so much the thing to give up, but the independence we should give up. That help? Yes, thank you very much. And that's not that hard to cultivate, you know. Give up the independence by dependence on 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 my guru. 
uh, who I can rely upon to set a good example, to tell me you're suffering from Pratishta. If the guru says, you know, you're suffering from Pratishta, you can't say, no, I'm not. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's an example of, well, let's see, you just illustrated my point that much more. I'm not speaking to you per se. I don't find that in you, but that happens. It's like just an example. No, I'm not. That, that, that's not. Ten thousand excuses for why I'm not. Pride is not. It's not a problem for me. Or if it's a problem for me, it's a problem for everybody. So why call me out? <laughs> because you're supposed to be able to hear it. That's why I'm telling you. To somebody. So anyway, we have to. Yeah, we have to check in with our guru. But we, again, when we ask our guru a question, we should be prepared for the answer. It could be no. Mm-hmm. Guru Maharaj, I was, I, 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 we were thinking, me and my hu- partner, my husband, whatever, we're going to go to, you know, Alaska. We're going to take a trip up there. These were our reasons, and we want to check in with you. And what if he says no? Mm-hmm. But we already got our tickets. Well, you asked too late, you know. Mm-hmm. You should have asked earlier. Sell your tickets. No, the answer. So do, do you want a guru that's going to tell you what you need to hear? And you want one that's going to tell you, oh, okay, well, go ahead, you know. Uh, give the most generous answer always. Uh, at some point, it's going to have to, you know, become apparently less generous, but more generous in, in, in another way by telling you what, telling you, you know, no, you know, that's not good. So we should ask with the, with seeking to know what our guru they thinks about that. What our guru they wants about that right? in, in relation to to something uh, or an understanding, you know. I was really inspired by this guru. Much. I read this verse and he spoke to me like this. Uh, did I get the right understanding? You have to be. You have to be really looking for. I just want the answer. If it's no, then I throw that understanding out. Just throw it out. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's yes, then well, well, yeah, opposite. So. That's what giving up and accepting is about. Hmm? Okay. Thank you so much. But yeah, you know, you've had, you know, you're a younger devotee, so, you know, there's a, there's an infatuation and romance period with this, but there's a lot of hard work here. <laughs> it's a lot of heavy lifting. So, and it should, should, that should be expected for the, to attain the highest perfection that there'll be no work, no effort. There's mercy, that's true, but effort also is there. Mm-hmm. I'll try to help you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> as long as you let me, then it won't be a problem. I say I'll try to help you if you will let me. <laughs> okay? Kishore okay. Krishna has a follow-up question. Kishore Krishna. Good morning. Good morning. There he is, Madhavan resident. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned how Bhaktivinoda expanded on the idea of Shraddha to include Sharanagati. Um, Not to include Sharanagati, but to be comprehensively defined as Sharanagati. Okay. And so I was just wondering, I guess previously, Shraddha was mostly understood as Shastriya Shadha as and that was definition was given by Rupa Goswami and then Bhaktivinoda kind of unpacked it a bit well I could say I guess you could say you could elaborate upon that um, to make an emphasis 
And, you know, one of the ways to understand that emphasis is, well, okay, my faith, when I say Shastri, we mean faith in scripture, in the argument of the scripture. And so if I'm to increase my faith, I should increase my understanding of the argument of scripture. Now, scripture is a form of revelation. So faith in another sense means faith in revelation. Faith that in order to arrive at the kind of comprehensive knowing that I seek, by which I have the full, there's nothing more that needs to be known. I can't do that on my own. If the Godhead wants me to understand that which is beyond my can, beyond my the possibilities of myself as a jiva unto myself, then I can know. If he doesn't allow me to know, I can't know. This is a basic theological you know, principle. If the absolute infinite wants us to know itself, we can know, otherwise not, right? So one of the, he makes himself known prominently to present this revelation. So in a faith, it means when we say Shastriya Shodhi, we mean faith in revelation. Faith that that by that means I can know. Now the scripture gives all these arguments for that which it's speaking about. Scripture is about that which we could not know without revelation. There are things that we could know without revelation. You could know that fire burns without scripture, just by lighting the fire and touching it, right? There's all kinds of things that you could know without the scripture, but there are some things you could never know without revelation. So that's the speciality of the sacred texts. And so when we hear about those things, one of the ways in which those things that could not be known otherwise are taught is through Arguing hmm, for that cause hmm, hmm, that it's advocating, that truth that it's advocating, that invisible truth that you are an Atma. Hmm, and the Atma is part and parcel of God, neither of which you can see, hmm, neither of which you can experience with your senses. Without the material senses, they cannot be experienced, God. To speak of God, not even the Atma. So the scripture is talking about invisible things, but nonetheless, with our sixth sense, we, you know, we, we, we kind of sense that there's more to life, as I often say, that meets, what meets the eye and the mind hmm? beyond the senses. There, there, there's, we just feel that there's more to life. So it's, it's, a, it's a confirmation. Yes, there is, there is more. What you sense as a human being is arising from the fact that you are an Atma. You have a, a purpose in life, and it's it's coming to the surface. So now I'm giving you definitive explanation of all of that. The scripture is saying, and it's arguing for it. So the 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 point about Shastriya Shraddha is that well, we have to have faith in what Revelation is saying, and then what Revelation is saying is is, is such that it's talking about it in a way that should strengthen our faith. It argues for it. It dismisses other ways of knowing, other ideas. 
things that come up in, in, in the mind or in the world and so on and so forth. So when we say that faith means faith in Shastra, that's what we're talking about. Right? It's a good argument. There's all, there's all kinds of faith. Right? So faith, faith in, in the argument of the scripture. Now, um, there's an argument to be made, I think, Krishna does it in the, in the Uddhava Gita. Um, in the Bhagavad Gita, he, he speaks about faith in the Rajaguna, Tamaguna, and Sattvaguna. But in the Bhagavatam, in Uddhava Gita, he speaks about faith in Rajaguna, Tamaguna, Rajaguna, Sattvaguna, and transcendental faith. I think he says, faith in such and such is Tamaguna, faith in such and such is Rajaguna, faith in the Atma, or you could even say faith in the scripture is sattvic. Faith in me is transcendental. Of course, now our scriptures are all about him. So, so anyway, so this is the argument of faith in Shastra. Uh, that, that faith means faith in Shastra. Bhakti Vinod Thakur, I think in Jarba Dharma says, some people say that faith means, uh, faith in, faith is faith, faith is defined as faith in Shastra. But he wants to take it a step further and says, that's not untrue. But a more full picture is, faith is Sharanagati. Faith is the act, is, is, is an active, is something that's active. As Pujapachita much like to say, suspicion, which is the antithesis of faith, leads to suspension. So conversely, faith is that which animates us. In the Gita, Krishna says the person is his faith. So what you believe and what your faith is, what your conviction is, well, that conviction has a trajectory, right? That it, it, it serves as kind of a momentum, a push. It's the impetus. Without it, we can't, we cannot, you know, proceed. We cannot go forward. We're, we're suspended. So, um, as, as we talk about faith in this way, faith is, is the active and animating principle in life. Therefore, faith, when we speak about bhakti and divine faith, it is synonymous with sharanagati, which is the application of the basic teachings of the scripture hmm, in one's life. That is evidence of faith. That is synonymous with faith. Whereas, by contrast, the defect or the shortcoming in, in leaving off and saying faith means faith in the scripture. Hmm. Um, someone could have faith in the scripture, could learn a scripture, learn a scriptural argument, and so forth, but, but not put them into practice. Of course, if he really has faith in the scripture, he is going to be putting it into practice. Hmm. But someone could learn the scripture in great detail. Hmm and not have as much faith as someone who knows very little about the scripture, a little aptitude for studying the scripture, but is fully a Sharanagata. Mm-hmm. So I think the Bhakti Miltak is just kind of taking it, you know, a, a step further and giving a more full uh, explanation of, or definition of faith, and a very tangible one. Mm-hmm. It shows up like this. This Oh, there's he's got faith. It's showing up in their, in his or her, uh, measure of, of Sharanagati, which is, again, taking the scriptural arguments, hmm, which are passive in a sense, and activating them, applying oneself 
in relation to them. So uh, uh, this is, of course, part of the whole emphasis of Bhakti Vinodan Sharanagati, which is unique to our paribar. Uh, every paribar has their unique, you know, things. Some of them are good, some are ba- bad. And, and let me make a statement about this, by the way, because they're, 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 I've seen over the years that there was a fellow from Finland, actually, who was initially initiated in Iskong, later got initiated by Narayan Marsh, later left Narayan Marsh and got initiated by Ananta Das Babaji in a different party bar, and then left Ananta Das Babaji and became um, uh, well, a non-devotee. And um, anyway, in his tenure as a disciple of Ananta Das Babaji, coined a phrase, traditional party bars. You can just throw that out, given where it came from. Traditional, as if to say, Iskon, Godiamat, their, their departure from the tradition, and we have all these other party bars that are the tradition. We never heard of half of them or know anybody in because they're so quiet and so uh, impotent in many cases. Our party bar is, you can't question it. The road to Brindaban from Delhi the only road in is the Bhakti Vedanta Marg. That's the official name. And the only road into Mayapur, there's only one. It's the Bhakti Siddhanta Marg. That's the name of these two. These two places have been opened up, made available, given to the world, modern world, by our Paribar. No one, no one can, no one, no one in their right mind could possibly question whether Prabhupada loved Krishna. I mean, I mean, you had to be out of your mind to think otherwise and give some argument that he's not bona fide. And, and the so-called traditional paribar, you know, group, they, they, they tend to do this because Prabhupada said it like this over here and we say it like this over here and, and we understand this interpretation to be more true to, to, to the scripture. Well, maybe they may not be. If you want to look at Bali Vidyabhushan, you want to look at Jiva Goswami, you're going to find some major differences that Baladevi Bhushan added, brought in, influences from Madhva Sampradaya, and so on and so forth. And he's as goldy as you could possibly get. So Bhakti Vinodakura has done some things. Uh, theologically, he's spoken a certain way, but, but practically what he's, he's, he's done speaks, you know, most uh, volumes to us, loudly to us. All the whole international Godi community all comes from our Paribar. Whether some people remain in it or not, if they go out of it, they go against. But I want to say another thing about. It. I'm off on a tangent, realize, but it's on my mind. So um, indulge me here. Uh, the, the, the idea that there's this whole monolith of paribars that all agree over here, and on the other side there's this Godiamat and Iskon, kind of kind of agree in their differences with the other paribars. There's a total fabrication. All these paribars over here, so-called traditional. Uh, they're all at odds with one another about so many different points, so many different teachings. One one prominent paribar today got out of paribar uh, through, through a certain prominent teacher promotes the idea that only the God out of paribar is the only bona fide paribar. Nityananda paribar, Advaita paribar aren't even bona fide. I mean, it, it, it it's it's a sounds like a silly, not not a silly, almost like an offensive argument, but just one example, and there are just so many examples. So there's a loose group over here. There are many different opinions amongst the different party bars, how to do things, what the teaching is on this point and that point. 
stick with your party bar. And you got a good one, Vartignod party bar, as I say. And, you know, yeah, this is one of the nice things that he did, I think, uh, to take it a step further and identify or define faith as Sharnavati more as just faith in scripture. But the two, he's saying, Sharnavati is the outer expression of that kind of intangible internal faith. He's giving it tangible, giving it shape. So that's the argument. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, very much. Thank you. It's a beautiful right. contribution. Bye, Bhakti. Yeah. Bhakti Vinodakur Ki Jai. Nice <laughs> okay, well, uh, we are over the time by three minutes, so made up for the time lost at the beginning. Nice to be with you all, and I hope to be with you next week also. Good, Premanandi. Haribo. <laughs>